What's up, guys? I hope you're enjoying the show. And before we get to today's episode, I'd like to introduce you to the website that I've been using to record podcasts. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, let's get to the show. Remember the KISS method. Keep it simple, stupid. Actually, no, let's keep it stupid, stupid. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Keep it simple, stupid. What up, guys, and welcome to episode 15 of the Brave Birds Pod. I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Will's back home in his state, and we're all in our respective houses for this episode. Um, So let's get it started with some Atlanta sports. All right, let's start with Atlanta sports. Um, We got some news on the Braves. Did we sign Freddie? Sadly not, but we need to. We're giving money to other people, but not him, sadly. Um... So, Azuna is going to be returning in 2022. I don't know if the Braves are going to... Okay, he's eligible to return at the beginning of 2022. He had a... After the, all the dispute and the domestic violence and stuff, he was sentenced to a 20-game um, suspension, which was served when he was on administration leave starting September 10th. So, he missed whatever the 20 days or 20 games after that was his... Uh, considered his suspension so he can come back day one of the 2022 season so what are y'all thoughts on him coming back i want azuna the player i don't super love azuna the person if he's getting into domestic disputes i don't think that is a good necessarily a good image for the braves um uh, i i just don't want it to be an issue where we lose one of the really good outfielders that got us to the world series in replacement for Azuna. Like, I feel like he'd be a much better sale piece or fill in piece or pitch hitter or something. Completely agree. I... Do we still have to pay him all of those millions of dollars? Cause he signed a really big contract and I guarantee with this domestic, if he were to sign elsewhere this year, he would get paid a fourth of that. Like, I just don't know if yeah. we're for the entire contract because then even if we trade him we're going to have to eat a big chunk of still paying that contract like we're gonna have to send cash with him yep which sucks but like already said i i don't want to lose our good pieces that we added in the middle of the year from last year that won us the world series but we'll see how that goes still no word on the braves if they're going to use him next year but still no word on Eddie or Slayer. So we'll see what that does. But we did sign a new reliever coming from the um, Padres. He was on Tommy John surgery. Kirby Yates signed him to a two-year deal, $8.25 million. So I haven't heard much on him, but I hope he, hope he steps up because... Luke Jackson, Tyler Matzik, and Will Smith can't do it all. Yeah, I mean, all like, year. We've been 
<clears throat> we've been going back and forth on those pitchers because, you know, some of us have been very critical of them just because they, I mean, pitchers have swings. Like, they have momentum swings is what I mean. And so <clears throat> we need, I mean, the more support we can get is, is great. I, I'm excited, though, to see how Yates fits into the picture along with Richard Rodriguez next year, too. Yeah, yeah, I, I can agree with that. And Enoa uh, and with Soroka coming back, do we bump somebody? It's, it's going to be really interesting. Yep, so we'll see how that all goes. I can't wait for Rich Rod to actually come back and show Snit that he is the name that we wanted him to be since he didn't put him on the uh, World Series lineup. That's all the news that came out of the Braves. Let's move on to the Hawks. Sadly, we lost our seven-game win streak. To the Knicks, 99-90. It was sad, but we're back to 11-10 and 10 and sitting in 8th in the East. Um, sadly, Bo- Bogey Bogdanovich got injured, and so did Cam Reddish. Both got injured in that game. Um, Bogey is out for at least two weeks. Haven't heard about Reddish yet. So, we're looking great, though. I mean, after that six-game loss streak, we went on a seven-game win streak, so... Came back, getting back in the swing of things. Hopefully, Bogey and Reddish will be back soon. I'm just happy we're back above 500. Oh, same. Especially after the Braves and how they didn't get over 500 till the All Star break. It's nice to have a team over 500 early. I agree. I think we have yeah. a lot of the. I think we have a lot of the pieces. We just got to get them all healthy at the same time. Mm-hmm. Falcons, you're next to get above 500. Yep. But speaking of Falcons. Had a tough win against the Jags last week. Cordell Patterson, oh my, Cordero Patterson. Woo! What a beast. I I am so glad he wants to stay on our team. He needs to stay on our team. He was at like three other sc- or, uh, NFL teams before this, and they could not figure out how to use him to save his life. Like exactly. he was just a punt turner. And him being with us has kind of revived his career and made him an amazing running back on top of all the other utility we get out of him. Yeah. And that's the funny thing is that he, like he, the, the other teams basically said, we don't know how to use him. And the Falcons were like, well, we don't either. So we're going to use him for everything. And it's kind of like Taysom or Taysom Hill at the saints. Like no one else is going to use him that way. Yeah. So Cordero Patterson, 16 carries, 108 yards, two touchdowns. Coming off of his injured ankle, I think it was. But the fact that, Something like that he's coming off an injury and did that. I mean, yeah, it was the Jags, but still, he's putting the team on his back. He's Like we were saying, he even he even says he wants to stay in Atlanta. He loves this place. So hopefully we'll keep him, and we'll see how next year goes. But, hey, we're, in, we're still in contention for playoffs. We we're are, tied. Yeah, we're tied for, for the last wildcard spot right now. But Matt Ryan didn't have a great game. I, I will say that. He went 19 for 29, 190 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. And then Russell Gage had a pretty good game. Six catches for 62 yards and a touchdown. So Ridley just... We don't have another great wide receiver, so he just gets double teamed and can't ever get open because everybody's on him. Did I say Ridley? Yeah, yeah. you did. Okay. I'm in pits. 
I knew who you meant yeah. because Pitt was like 0 for 3 in the first half because he was double covered the entire time. Yep. So we need Pitts needs to needs to get we need other receivers to step up and looks like Russell did, Russell Gage did step up a little bit this game, but hopefully he can do it the rest of the year. We're gonna talk a little about MLB today. There was some good news, well, for us because you know, Artie, what do you always say about the Dodgers? Fuck the Dodgers. We got some great news coming out of them. Corey's... And the Astros. Yeah. <laughs> and the Yankees. Sometimes. They're trying to, They're take, trying Freddy. to take Freddy from us. So, yeah, I agree. But Corey Seager headed to the Rangers on a 10-year, $325 million contract. That's one of the... I, honestly, I feel like that was that was one of Dodgers' best players, especially the year they won the... Um, they won the World Series two years ago when they knocked us out. But, hey, we knocked them out this year, so. They also lost Max Scherzer to the Mets, which sucks for us because Mets got Scherzer, and if DeGrom can actually not be um, injury-prone next year, they'll have DeGrom and Max Scherzer. But what's crazy to me is, Scherzer is getting paid 130 million for three years. He's getting paid 43 million a year, and he's what 37 years old, going to be 38 at the beginning of 2022. Yeah, like that's a lot of money for an old man. If him and Degrom stay healthy, that is two scary pitchers. Yes, so they can at least ensure basically two wins every time, but. I know. I, I like what Scherzer did. He made it to the NLCS this year, and he folded. So now he went to a team that won't make it to the NLCS. You're exactly. Right. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> He's not like the, the Mets just can't support it. With their, their their batting hasn't been there. Yeah. No, their batting has been non-existent. Degrom, I think it was like two years ago, had like a one point seven ERA and was like one for eleven. Like I'd be pissed. And then Marcus Simeon going to the Rangers for a seven-year deal. So I'm kind of uh, worried about the, I mean, luckily we don't really play the Rangers, but they seem like they'll be a force to be reckoned with next year. He's a 31-year-old. Um, yeah, it doesn't say how, how much. Oh, $175 million for seven years. So that's going to be a good one. And then um, Kevin Gossman. From the that Giants pitcher, one of their best starting pitchers, headed to the Blue Jays for a five-year, hundred ten million dollar deal. So, some big trades going on this week, and even more to come with the uh, possible lockout on December first. But, anyways, that does it for MLB. Um, Rhett, I'm gonna pass it you for some NCAA basketball. Okay, college basketball. Season's just getting started, or we're a few weeks in. Everyone played a few teams, and this last week, most of the teams were at some small tournaments in Bahamas, Hawaii, all those fun tournaments they get going early in the season. So some highlights on games that have happened this past week was number one, Gonzaga, beat number two, UCLA, and they looked like a really stout team. They won by 20 points over number two. Gonzaga is going to be really good this year. Um, Wisconsin upset number 12, Houston. 
UConn beat number 19 Auburn in double overtime. I think the ha! final score was 115 to 109. Just an absurdly high-scoring game for college basketball. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, unranked Iona beat Alabama. Yeah, and Iona's head coach was Rick Patino, who had previously gotten in a little bit of trouble with uh, Louisville and gotten his title stripped. So that's very interesting. Dayton upset number four, Kansas, one of the historic blue bloods in college basketball. So that's really big. Um, Iowa State beat number nine, Memphis. And Duke takes the number one spot. And Gonzaga goes to three. So, Dude, we had a lot of upsets this past week. A lot of upsets. And we're about to go into conference play. So... We're starting to heat up. This should be a lot of fun these next few weeks. Yeah, this is about to be like, this is an awesome time in sports because you have the November football schedule where it's on every single day. And then you have the NBA and college really starting to heat up. And so I just, I love this time of the year because you like are able to transition so well. You just have sports on the TV, like almost every five hours. Yep. There's something on. That wraps up the college college basketball. Not a whole lot going on until this upcoming week when, like Brett was saying, conference play comes into action. Well, besides all the upsets. But anyways, we're going to move on to college football. We got a lot to take, go over in that. New coaches, fires, rivalry week is done, and, we're, and we are headed to conference championship week. So let's get it going. Let's start with the coaching carousel. USC hires Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma. How do y'all feel Absolutely about that? Wild. Absolutely wild. Like we, I did we not do think he was going to leave, and Oklahoma is going to be stripped dry of everything when he leaves. Uh, they've lost half of their recruiting class, including their top recruits. Spencer Rattler says he's transferring. And this is just the one-day reaction to it. Like, it's going to get so much worse for Oklahoma before they figure out who their next coach is going to be. All right, yeah, that USC hiring Lincoln Riley, taking him from Oklahoma, was a big, big news. But what about this LSU taking Brian Kelly from Notre Dame? I really that didn't think Brian Kelly. Sorry, you go. That one is crazy. I After watching Brian Kelly build Cincinnati – up to a reasonable team. And Notre Dame. Uh, and uh, then Notre going Dame. to Notre Dame and building them back. Mm-hmm. I just I didn't see him losing after having gone to a playoff, being in contention multiple years in the playoff. I figured he was gonna stay until he got in or won one. But honestly, I, I don't think I think we discussed it last week. LSU is not a bad job, and if he can build that program back to where it was a couple years ago, I mean all to him. It's a tough, super tough conference now that there's more teams to get in contention. But well, also, also like LSU is not a bad team right now. They beat A and M, who beat Alabama, who is known for running the SEC West. This is true. Also, I I think it's kind of cool that Brian Kelly, like it just goes back to the the rivalry between the 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 Fighting Irish and Alabama, like back in the seventies. I think that it'll be fun that Brian Kelly's coming over from Notre Dame to take on LSU, where he is going to be going up against, you know, the the Alabamas of the SEC and that sort of thing. Like, just like poetically speaking, I think that that's going to be really in a really interesting atmosphere. Um, I don't know though if he'll have the same success 
at LSU that he's had at Notre Dame. Especially right away. I think with Notre Dame, you get away with playing a lot of um, not not as good teams, but having the budget and recruiting prowess and the name to bring in a lot of good players. Whereas I feel like LSU, you still have that money and that name and everything, but I just think you're starting at a lower level than what he was brought into at Notre Dame. Well, exactly, because you have to remember that Notre Dame's not in a conference, and a lot of the teams they do play are split between the Pac-12 and the ACC, right? Because I think Notre Dame plays USC and Stanford from the Pac-12, and then they play... I can't remember what all the teams are from the ACC. And then they also play, like, they play Cincinnati, who is a G5 school. Or uh, who is- made Cincinnati to play them and then lost to them. Right, ex- well, right, but, I mean, that's the... <laughs> Yeah, it is funny. It's really funny to say that, but that's the that's the case for literally any team. Because that almost happened to you guys, right? You lost to Georgia State. We did not lose to Georgia State. We beat them. I said you almost lost. Oh. Well, Florida State paid Jacksonville State and lost to them. It happens sometimes. Exactly, exactly. It happens to all of us. Let's move on to University of Washington taking Kalen DeBoer from Fresno State. Fresno State was starting to look good this year. What do y'all think about this? Uh, this so, Fresno State started off really impressive. They had a really good game against Oregon. They won a few really good games, and then they dropped. I think their one really bad loss was to Hawaii. But they've been coming up the past few years. This could be interesting, especially coming into the Pac-12. The only real competition you have is Oregon and now USC with Lincoln Riley. Everyone else is in a slump. So I think this could work out. Yeah, so very interested to see how that plays out. Yeah, I I think there's just a lot of uncertainty anytime you see coaches move up from a non-Power 5 on up. um, You get that uncertainty of, yes, they've done a good job, and we definitely wish them well, and we probably can expect them to do pretty well after having success. But it's, you know, you're still moving into a Power 5. You have to learn how to recruit differently. with more resources. Washington has been really good in the past. They've played in a CFP playoff. Uh, so we'll just have to see how that goes further down the road. Mm-hmm. What about Washington State? Jack Dicker, the interim coming from their defensive coordinator, you said? Yeah. Um. After their coach got fired, he was the defensive coordinator, and he got promoted to interim, and he just got that position. I th- I think they've done okay since he's been interim. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it goes, but, I mean, they're not going to be a scary school to see in that Pac-12 for a while, being honest. Yep. And, Rhett, I know you know more about these coaches than I do, so what about this TCU? You got Sony Dykes. Okay, Sony Dykes. He was the SMU coach. He they're ten and two this season. Um, so I mean, he's done outstanding in the Power Five or in the non-Power Five. It's going to be interesting to see how he can up his game in recruiting at a TCU. Who these past few years, TCU's been a fairly decent team. Every now and again, they have a really good team or a top fifteen team. So I mean, it'll be really interesting to see how he gets into recruiting the uh, Big Twelve. So, very interested. Yeah, I like seeing TCU do pretty well because they're the only other Texas school I like. Besides UTSA coming in this year and actually showing us that 
they're a pretty good team because I hate Texas A&M and I'll never cheer for the Texas Longhorns. So that does it with all the coaching stuff. But actually, we still have some job openings for the coaches. Virginia Tech still has an opening for them. Oklahoma. Stoops is going to be there for the um, bowl game. So if Oklahoma doesn't have... Obviously, they can go anywhere with this. They just found out yesterday they're now in this position that they need to hire a head coach. But Stoops' younger brother is actually a fairly decent coach. So, I mean, they could bring in their longtime hero in Stoops' younger brother in. Maybe he could coach. I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens. But I think you have the name recognition, and you see what he was able to do to a abysmal Kentucky team and break them into relevancy, get them mm-hmm. – at least ranked at points this year, beat Florida. Um, I, I think that you really just start to see a lot of names will start popping up as there's more and more openings once we go into postseason and into the off season. But I, I, I think Stoops might be one of your best bets. Either mm-hmm. that, either that, or the Iowa State head coach. Yep. And then um, one thing we didn't mention at LSU, uh, Coach O will not be coaching the bowl game. So yeah, he's going to Destin. He said, "I'm packing my bags for Destin." <laughs> Do you know who's going <laughs> to be there? Asked if he was, they asked him if he was going to be coaching next year, and he goes, "I don't know. I might take a break. I have enough money to buy a hamburger or two when I go out." <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Do y'all know who's going to be interim head coach for that game, or is Brian Kelly just going to come and take over instantly? No, he won't take over. There will be an interim head coach. I'm not sure on who it is. One of the offensive or defensive coordinators. Okay. Yeah, that would be a terrible idea if Brian Kelly came in in the middle of the season. That uh, never happens. They always wait until the next year. They let I them assume so, but now. just since it's now the bowl games and since Coach O is leaving. Mm-hmm. But anyways, Notre Dame and Duke are the last two without a head coach. So once we get the information on that, we'll get that one out to y'all. I think Notre Dame will be probably the biggest one left over. I think Oklahoma, unfortunately, the current name recognition and long-time recognition will be there, but I honestly think Notre Dame will be the most sought after um, from big-time coaches that are wanting to move or even some NFL coaches that may be looking for a head coaching spot. Uh, Duke, there's opportunity there. They've been decent in the past. I just think that you're basically starting from the bottom there. They're they're not a good team. The very bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's remember that Kansas and Duke are tied for the worst teams in football, and Kansas beat Texas, so Duke is at the very bottom. Yeah, I completely agree. Notre Dame is the best position available. They're not getting stripped dry like Oklahoma is. Um, And the one thing that I would be interested to see is I think Notre Dame is going to try to take a pass at Venerables, the defensive coordinator from Clemson. These past two or three years, there's been multiple teams that have tried to grab him, and he's been biding his time, waiting for like the perfect position. And Notre Dame might be it. Yeah. So, so let me so let me ask you, Rhett. Do you think that it's better to like? Okay, so you know you you continue to build that resume while you're at Clemson, and and you're proving as a good coordinator that you you know you can probably be a good head coach. Is it better to wait out your time and try and see if you can get the best deal, or would you, would you suggest you know taking a, a head coaching position that's maybe at a at a at a G five school and working your way up? Because then when you like when you do have your first big shot, you've already got head coaching experience. 
I mean, you might as well just jump right into it. It's the same thing as Saban with his people at Alabama. They all go into head coaching jobs at Power 5 schools pretty much instantly, and they bide their time until that. Like, Sarkeesian was there for a few years, and he bided his time until Texas came available, and then he jumped on Texas. So I think if you're one of these big offensive or defensive coordinators that has been doing well at one of the top schools, you bide your time for a top 10 school to become available. And I think Notre Dame is sitting on that cusp of a top 10 school. Oh yeah. And I, and I see where you go. I like, that makes perfect sense to me, you know, with the Stark example, but then in contrast, you have Lane Kiffin who also worked with Saban, got fired from the USC job, went and uh, was at the Florida school. Guys, help me think of the, the name. Was it, um, uh, I, I, Florida, FIU, 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 Florida International. Florida International. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Lane Kiffin went and took a, a lower-level head coaching job at FIU, then has worked his way back to the SEC. So, I mean... Okay, let's put it this way. If you go to the Power 5 school, you might be making a million dollars a year as a head coach. If he goes and signs with Notre Dame today, he would be making $10 million. And even if it didn't go well, like, he is making so much more money. Like, he'd be making 10 times the money going to Notre Dame. I think it would be stupid. Think, hold on. You think... I mean, we've seen what the SEC coaches make. Do you think that Notre Dame's going to pay a, a coach $10 million a year? completely i think notre dame has the boosters they have the historic they're in the same boat as usc where like okay they're in a better boat than usc usc has kind of fallen from graces but they still have the boosters notre dame is still semi-relevant every year i'm not going to say they make the playoff every year but like no i agree i agree they're definitely relevant i agree yeah and they're going to pay someone nicely yeah so brian kelly at notre dame was making seven million dollars a year so that means uh, Venerables is in line if he did take that job to make seven, in the six to eight range. I would put him at the similar range that they were already paying, and that is one of that. That's a top fifteen salary in college football. Like that's a perfect opportunity to like leave Clemson and go off on your own. So, yeah, I think uh, I think we'll be seeing a lot of coordinator spots start moving. I mean, there's always the Alabama coordinators, Ohio State. There's a bunch of head coaches that could be moving. I, I think we'll start to see even more teams start popping up as their seasons start to end. Mm-hmm. And once once the NFL spot's moving, there's going to obviously be some movement there as well. Um, either college coaches trying to go up or NFL coaches trying to move back down. The big one I've heard from the NFL is the, the Cardinals. Well, Cliff Kingsbury, I've heard rumors, but I'm pretty sure he said he doesn't want to go. The coordinator one I've heard the most is the chief offensive coordinator. Benemy? Yeah. Yeah. He's He deserves a head coaching spot, honestly. I really thought he was going to get the Falcons one. I thought he was too. But, you know, we all saw how that went, and we see how good we are right now. But we'll see what happens. But, yeah, lots of talk on the uh... – job openings and stuff so let's go ahead and move on to last week's games the rivalry week let's talk about the embarrassment first um, i mean the first three games honestly, were embarrassments for honestly, all of us though. yeah which one <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah you're right they are we're all well okay Rhett's had the best game of us all his team actually at least took alabama to overtime Mississippi State Quite just overtime. We'll get into it. I'm pissed. Mississippi State just shit the bed and went twenty, lost twenty one to thirty one in the Egg Bowl, which uh, we we don't know how to kick the ball. I don't know why we can't sign a freaking kicker to f- score field goals. Ugh, how many missed? How many missed field goals did you have? I think we had three missed field goals that game. 
Yeah, we I had mean, three. You'd still maybe. Yeah, I mean, you would have gone for a two-point conversion on one of the touchdowns. It would have made it somewhat feasible. Yeah, yeah, but at least if we got the points, it would have at least swung some momentum in our favor. Yeah, but missing True. it and just then they're, they're also getting it, it then from a they'd also be getting it from a field goal rather than wherever the ball stopped. Exactly. So that was uh, that was a pretty pretty bad game, and the fact that we were in Starkville is what made pissed me off even more. Well, you got anything on this? I, I, uh, honestly, the fact that we were in Starkville is the reason this game was so close. And, and, and you could say that that upsets you. Yeah, you're right. The only reason that we should have had a chance to win this game was because this game was in Starkville. Ole Miss is a team that travels well, and they're a team that plays much better at home than they do away. So that was the first thing that was in our favor. The next thing, yeah, you're right. The, the missed field goals didn't help. Um, it just seemed like our defense couldn't stop Ole Miss either. Like, it's really sad. There's a lot of opportunities where it seemed like we had the momentum going in our favor and we just would have to settle for a field goal or a field goal attempt. So we really didn't turn it on until, until the end of, like, the third quarter, and then we were still making mistakes in the fourth quarter, too, on a couple of drives that caused turnovers, and it, Ole Miss was just able to capitalize more, like... It sucks because I even if we played again, if we played at a neutral site, I'd still be confident in Mississippi State. You know, if they played again next week, but they did not show up this past this past week on on Thanksgiving, and so yeah, it sucks. Um, I don't know. I don't really have much else. There's not many excuses. Like Mississippi State did not play well at all. That's okay. We don't have to talk about the next game. All right. Well, that sucks, Hardy, because we talked okay. about ours. Uh- we have to talk about yours. I'll take it from here. Yeah, so, you know me, um, my, my cousin Mitchell and his best friend John Cohen, the biggest Michigan fans you'll ever meet, you know, obviously very excited um, that they were able to beat a, an Ohio team for the first time in a while. Um, kind of funny, you know, the snow game. You see Michigan just take it to Ohio State. Ohio State didn't really even show up. I, I, I think they thought that, that everybody else was there to play checkers. But um, Michigan wins. Wins pretty single-handedly, too. Um, and, yeah. Uh, Ohio State did not perform how they should have for a rivalry game. Right. So, <laughs> I, here's here's going to be my little mini rant. Our defense was fucking terrible. Um, we could not we could not stop the run at all, which honestly surprised me a little bit after what we did to completely shut down Kenneth Walker. I also. I think it showed the vulnerability of how one-dimensional the offense was. Like, yes, we had good, we have good running backs and we have a good offensive line, but we just don't utilize them well. And our play calling that mixes up passing and running just hasn't been there as much this season. We've been relying on CJ's arm and those, you know, round first round draft pick receivers and. Unfortunately, when you get into the snow and against when you're playing a team that you probably think you're already better than, and it's rivalry, rivalry week, I think when they swamped Michigan State the following the prior week, I think they just got it. I think Ohio State just got it in their heads, and they just assumed they'd walk into Michigan and beat them up. But that's never usually how it goes in the big house. And unfortunately, I'm sitting on the wrong side of this rivalry one for the first time in 10 years. Yeah. Yep. And, and, I mean, like, but that speaks to it, you know, like Ohio state, listen, nobody here is saying Ohio state's a bad team. They just played like a bad team. 
one game, and sadly, it's going to cost them like the season. Which I mean, it's sad to say that's just the truth. Um, but like you really credit to Jim Harbaugh and his, his offensive coordinator. Like they, uh, Michigan, we kind of thought their season was over when they lost to Michigan State, and especially after we saw how Michigan State played against Ohio State, we we're like, okay, yeah, Ohio State's going to run the table. They're going to win the Big Ten again. They're going to make a, a a showing in the playoffs. But credit to Jim Harbaugh for getting his guys ready and basically telling them this is this is everything you have to fight for is this game right here because he he not only did he just save like his job for the next you know however many number of years but he just saved his season like they're if they if they beat Iowa and that's a big if just with everything going on in the Big Ten he will lock their spot into or for the college football playoffs. Yeah. Also, on the note of Jim Harbaugh, he did make an announcement that any like bonuses he gets for this year are going to go back to the athletic uh, department employees who had their pay cut during the COVID nineteen pandemic, which I think is is pretty cool too. Just you know, besides sports, that's that's still like a, a really cool thing to, to see. Yeah, I agree with you there. That's that's huge. I, I think when you see a ton of people that aren't your big names, they don't get the recognition, and being able to give that money back to the people that make it so that the players can play and that the coaches can coach is a big deal. So, Artie, real quick, do you think Ohio State lost because you said Michigan? <laughs> uh, no, I think they lost because their defense played horrible. Okay, okay. I was seeing how you feel about superstitions. All good. All right, Rhett, let's talk about had your it team. Been, had, let me say this. Had it been a close game, yes, it would have been 100% because of me saying the word Michigan. <laughs> because they got blown out, I just think it was uh I think it was just really bad luck for me. Yep. Bad, the bad game that they didn't that they needed earlier in the season came a little too late. But anyways, Rhett, let's talk about your game into four three overtimes. Four overtimes. Four overtimes. Oh god. We led that game for like fifty nine minutes and forty seconds. So it's kind of painful to lose. Um few bad calls we had one really bad call by our offensive coordinator which led our running back to running out of bounds with a minute left in the game and they scored with 20 seconds left in the game to tie it so that would have been amazing to have those extra 40 seconds off the clock that is what it is a few bad calls i'm not really going to get into those all being said this is like a lot better than anyone would have expected this auburn team or auburn team to play against alabama I saw a lot of recruits after the game saying that the it was just electric to be there, like it was a great atmosphere, and I'm already seeing someone that I follow for Auburn football talk about how we have some big recruits coming this week, so uh, is what it is, we lost, but we did really well, so whatever. Also on a side note, I hate these new overtime rules. Yeah, I don't like the overtime rules either, just freaking play. Totally. Yeah, I think that we're over, like, we're, we're trying to, to, like, everything come down to rules and officiating. And, like, this is one of those times where it's, like, one play, one pl- like, one drive, one play. That's, just, I don't know, I hate that. I hate that so much. Yeah, and, I mean, college football had the best overtime system in col- er, in sports, straight up when it was just going back and forth. And then I, I, I'm not a big fan of the two-point conversion. One play could swing everything and. uh, uh it is what it is. 
Yeah, but did anybody watch this Oklahoma State Oklahoma game? I was flipping. I was watching the score. I, I I was keeping up with the score. But... Yeah, I didn't see this one. This is when we were playing. Maybe I did. I mean, I saw Oklahoma State came back. This is when we were playing code names. Yeah. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I didn't watch any of it, but I'll move on it. All right, Oklahoma State upsetting Oklahoma. Wait, Zach, Zach, did you just ask if we watched it? We were all together, other than Rhett. I didn't yeah, know. Wait, I didn't know when the game was. <laughs> No, Will, how do I know when the game was? I don't care about I either of these two teams. You, no, I, I remember I remember telling you. Artie and I said something about it at dinner. We're like, oh, after Alabama-Auburn, we've, uh, we've got Oklahoma-Oklahoma State. Oh, and I, I, just, I, think... I just remember watching the Alabama-Auburn game on Allie's phone with Rhett. I mean, not with Rhett, with Artie. Yeah. But yeah, I don't remember that, but whatever. What about this? Hey, oh, Artie, you gave me so much shit for being on my phone, and then you went and watched the game? I watched the game for like five seconds after dinner and after people were all doing stuff and cleaning up. Yeah. We weren't on the phone when we were with all of our friends together at the dinner table. That was so, the only difference. Yeah, It was like I, some people were like messing around the TV and watching something, and then people were cleaning up. So we watched just the last two overtimes. We watched like four plays. Four more plays and I got to see. What about this Oklahoma State, Oklahoma game? Oklahoma State getting the upset 37 to 33. I am I so happy it. to see it. I, pr- I predicted it. Just so everybody knows, I predicted it. Was this your upset last week? No. No, it wasn't my upset. My upset was Auburn over Alabama, which... That's Unfortunately, right. didn't happen. But I called Oklahoma State beating Oklahoma because I think that Oklahoma State's defense is much better than Oklahoma's. And I honestly, if this wasn't a rivalry game, I honestly think this wasn't that close. I think as far as talent-wise, Oklahoma State's a way better team. All right, Texas A&M 24, LSU 27. What a game. LSU taking it over. About the we will miss game. you, Cocho. We will miss the memes. <laughs> the the saddest part about this game was that after it was over, Coach O went to the post game press conference and he was so excited. He literally walked in. He was like, "How about them Tigers?" And then like two seconds later, he's like, "What? None of y'all are excited?" And it was just very like like just taking the air out of the balloon. It was so sad. Even when he beat a good Texas A and M team at the end, he was still excited. But like I don't know, it, it was just. It was nice to see that drive still there for him, you know. But um, I don't know. I don't blame him for jumping ship at before the bowl game either. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. like he's not going to get paid extra to do it. He already got his money. Yep, and still getting his money. Yep. But yeah, so that does it for last week. Had a good bit of a uh, rivalry games. Sad for all of us, but you know what? The week's over. We move on. Let's go to the championship weekend. We got the Big 12, Baylor versus Oklahoma State. How do y'all feel about this game? I think that, I mean, this is a this was a really good game earlier in the season, and Oklahoma State won it. Uh, I always, I honestly thought one of these two teams would definitely be in the uh, Big 12 championship, but I didn't know that they would be playing each other. So I think it's really cool 
Now we're seeing yeah. teams that aren't just Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship. It's it's really mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. And either of these teams have a chance to win it. I think Oklahoma State still has the edge. Mm-hmm. But it is it's as we all know, it's hard to beat teams twice. And so I know Baylor is going to come hungry. If Oklahoma State is ready to play, they win this. I think they get into the playoff. If Baylor wins it, it's a big upset, and then we see what happens from there. But uh, I, you know, I, I, I really don't know. I, I can't pick a side. I'm not super for or against either team. I just I would love to see Oklahoma State win for the sole reason that we'd possibly get to see an extra team get into the playoff that may may not have been in there before. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Artie, and, and I I think it's I think it's cool to like to see these two teams, but and I but I, I agree with you that I thought one of the two, not both of them, were gonna be in the Big Twelve championship. And so it's funny now that Oklahoma won't be there. And you know what's even funnier is to just to think about is that Oklahoma might not be back to another Big Twelve championship. Yeah, they may not be back for a while. No, I I mean forever. Yeah, might, yeah. Oh, yeah that's be, a good point, because they're moving to the SEC. Yeah, exactly. And all the really Oklahoma, but at least Texas doesn't have to adjust and say we're going there in the first place. <laughs> yeah, Texas sucks. But yeah, <laughs> if um Oklahoma State wins, y'all think they're gonna make it get into the uh playoffs because Bama's probably gonna lose to Georgia in the SEC championship. Oh, I didn't think about that. I was gonna say no because Michigan would make it in, but you're right. Michigan's already gonna probably be in it. Unless they lose to Iowa somehow. But yeah, speaking of Bama UGA, we got the SEC Championship. This is UGA's realest toughest battle this season. We thought it was uh, Kentucky. Not Alabama plays like they did last week. True. We thought it was Kentucky at first, but then Kentucky just fell off. Then we thought Florida was going to be a challenge, and then they're barely making a bowl game. So now Bama might be their actual toughest challenge. I, I think Georgia has just so many advantages against Bama's weaknesses. UGA's by far got the best defensive line in college football, and Bama Bama's weakness is their offensive line. If Bryce Young wasn't the athlete and quarterback that he is, they would not be... Completely. We they would not have only one loss. We sacked him eight times last week. Yeah, an unranked Auburn team. Auburn team missing players sacked Bryce Young eight times. So if you put UGA's defense in there, who is allowing less than a touch, less than seven points a game, I don't see a world where Bama necessarily wins this game. I know I might be biting myself in the foot, but or shooting myself in the foot rather. <laughs> Yeah, Bama did not score through three quarters last week. If they go into this game, that same team, they are going to get absolutely demolished. That being said, Nick Saban is one of the best coaches of all time, and I'm sure he's on all of them right now on what they did wrong and how they're going to fix it, but they have a lot to fix from last week. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that's a bunch of stuff you can fix in one week before the SEC championship, but I don't know. I like It's Nick Saban. Don't ever doubt that, him. Well, but no, especially when, especially in a, when you're playing hell? a team. Hey, that... hey, hey! I was over here talking, and everybody cut me off. Okay, sorry. Thank you. I was gonna say that I, you know, especially after everything we've seen out of this Alabama team this year, they have a lot of of holes, like Red has mentioned. So 
there's no way that they're going to, you know, clean all this up before they play Georgia. Yeah, we we always we always say, you know, okay, who has Georgia played? Well, they've played good teams. They've just shown up week in and week out. Alabama hasn't. Alabama has had close losses to LSU, Auburn, and Florida. Two of those teams don't even have head coaches right now. So Didn't that just game against you Arkansas too. What do you say? Yeah, they, they, bar- they barely beat Arkansas. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Like they- yeah, yeah. <laughs> but exactly. So yeah. So so half of the teams that they've had close games against don't even have head coaches right now. I, I mean, I think it just shows that. Like, I, I really, I fully expect Kirby Smart to come out, come ready to play. Like the game, the game's in Atlanta, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay, yep. yeah, Georgia, yeah Georgia, started, yeah, Georgia started their season in Atlanta. They're going to end Alabama's season there. I'll say, did you see how the uh, Georgia-Georgia Tech game was? It was at Georgia Tech, and it was 75% red. Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a tough one. <laughs> so, that's a tough one. I want to talk about this ACC championship real quick. Who ever thought these two teams would be playing in it? Pittsburgh versus Wake Forest. I did. I, I thought that. I actually said that both of them had a good chance of making it to the ACC. Uh, that was me. I said that. That was me. You can roll the tape. You're right. I said that. It was you, but in in like a real college football situation where it's not everybody beating everybody and Georgia sitting at the top, it's usually Clemson in Miami or Clemson in North Carolina in that championship. It's been a mm-hmm. while since it's been a, these two kind of teams in it. I agree. I don't. I don't know how recently Miami's been in the ACC championship, but I, I mean Clemson's been there. But uh, you know, just week year in year out. But going back to exactly what Artie said about the Big Twelve championship, Artie, I was saying the same thing all season long about the ACC championship. I didn't think it'd be these two teams versus each other. I thought it'd be one of these two teams versus someone like Clemson or UNC. Yep. Yeah. Well, what's also crazy too is Wake Forest gets in solely because of how. They had that scheduling thing with UNC where it was counting as not an ACC game. NC State would be in if it wasn't for that. Yeah, <laughs> which is insane. So why was that a thing? So they you're required to play like a certain number of non-conference games, and for whatever reason they chose Wake Forest and UNC chose to play each other as a non-conference game, so it didn't count yeah. towards. Oh, okay. But, I, but I think that was it, I think it, that was made, originally meant to give UNC a free win, and then we saw what happened. Well, it, it, but this is a multi-year deal. This wasn't a one-off. I'm pretty sure they've had this yeah. deal. They have this deal for multiple years. Yeah, but like I, like I said, like if you look at the UNC that we've seen for the past three or four years, and we look at the Wake Forest that we've seen for years. Normally, these two teams' rankings would be flipped. Right now, we would see a ranked oh, yeah. UNC and a very unranked Wake Forest. And so yes. that's why this season was so surprising. Yeah. And why it's still silly that, yes, they're going to the ACC championship, but they lost to an ACC team as their first win, as their first loss. And then they lo- they got destroyed by Clemson, who is not even <laughs> in the ACC championship. Like, right. the two teams Wake Forest lost to aren't even playing for this championship. Also, on a side note real quick, Clemson figured it out. These last two games, they have demolished their opponents, and I think they finished with three losses, which, yes, that's really bad for Clemson. But I think all of us thought they were, like, barely going to make a bowl game before the year. Yeah. Or, like, not before the year, after the first few games of the year. So, 
And all that? three of their all three of their losses were to ranked teams. You have Georgia, who's ranked number one, NC State, who's ranked named, ranked in the top twenty-five, and Pitt, who's ranked in the top twenty-five. Yeah, those were only three losses. Yeah, they only yeah. lost three games. Oh, I yeah, thought but they, they were like really early in the season, so I think they lost like three of their first five games, and we were all just like, "Oh, they're Pitt, horrible." Yeah, yeah they I stopped, thought they went eight and four. They lost to Georgia. And played Georgia. That that's Georgia's closest game at ten three. Georgia did not have an offensive touchdown in that game. Yeah, there right, was an funny, offensive but... touchdown total in that game. But they started the season two and two, which is why they got ranked so low. Because NC State was ranked was unranked at the time. Exactly. And then when they lost to Pitt, we were just like, oh, Pitt's actually really good. And they're they're not bad. Pitt's not bad. They, we've seen them playing for the. And then Clemson scored at least thirty points in every game since then. Yeah, but I mean, you also. Artie, we also mentioned, you know, and we saw this in the Ohio State-Minnesota game week one, and then we saw this in the Ohio State-Oregon game. It takes a lot of good teams a while to get, you know, get geared up and get ready for the season. Like, they don't always come out. Offenses don't always come out firing all cylinders the very first week. So, Well, like, Ohio State was still scoring, like, 50 points a game. It just, The defense just wasn't there. The defense was just allowing more than 50 points a game. Ohio State was Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, and but you guys also, yeah. like, Okay, so yeah, Clemson only lost three games, but but it's not. The, I'll make the comparison of Clemson to Alabama. It's not just the losses, or in Alabama's case, the one loss, where we you know kind of say they're not a good team. We also have to look at the rest of Clemson's schedule. They barely beat Georgia Tech. They barely beat Boston College. They barely beat Syracuse. They they only beat Florida State by ten points, and Florida State lost to uh, uh, Jacksonville State. So. Yep. Like this is not. Even though Clemson might have only finished with three wins, I mean three losses, that doesn't speak to how terrible of a season this was for them. Yeah, for sure. Especially with all the the hopes that they had being ranked so high. Yeah, they had a couple of coin flips that just went their way. Yeah, and that's. But again, that's the that's the beauty and the curse of this college football season is you have a bunch of teams one through twenty five or even one through fifty. That if one or two things go their way, their whole season maybe maybe gets changed. Yep. So that's going to be a really good game. Crazy that those those two teams though. I still won't get over that because we're so used to seeing the Clemson in there. But let's move on to the AAC championship. We got Houston versus Cincy. Oh, I hope Cincy wins so they go to the playoffs. Me too. Me too. I have one last team to root for, and it's Cincinnati. Wait. Cincinnati should win this game. The problem is Houston is good and they are ranked. But if if Cincinnati can get away from this game, then it's definitely good. It's, a, it's is, they're definitely in. Who is Cincinnati playing? Houston. Houston. Oh yeah, I think yeah. I, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to jinx it. I'm with the RDI. I'm rooting for Cincinnati. I think it'd be really awesome if they can make it for, to the playoffs. Prior to. The rankings that will be out when the podcast is released, Houston is currently ranked 16 in the college in the AP poll. Before we get to the, I think is going to be the biggest game of the championships. Let's talk about the Pac-12. We got Oregon versus Utah. This, if if we're going based on the last time these two team two teams played two weeks ago, this should not be a game. Utah absolutely demolished Oregon, 38 to seven. I don't think it'll be that big of a difference. We won't see that much of a gap in scoring. I still just don't see a way that if Utah comes out swinging again, I don't see a reason that Utah loses this game. I disagree. I'm very curious to how Oregon's going to play, though. 
it's hard to te- beat the same team twice. Exactly. That is exactly what I was thinking. This game's not at Utah. This is at a neutral site, right? Yeah. Yes. And that's how every conference championship is. I know. I was, I was hoping that somebody could confirm. Yes, yes. Where it is. Um, I don't know where it will be, but okay, it is. Neutral. The thing is, Artie, it was Artie. It was. I mean, they they Utah was the season killer. That's what that game was. It was their game to win because they would be going to the Pac-12 championship and they would be kicking Oregon out of the playoffs. The game was at home. They had special jerseys for it. It's a night game. That environment is so different. Zach is entirely correct. It is very difficult to beat the same team twice. Yep, so I think it's going to be a pretty good game. But, yeah, Artie is right. Utah just smoked Oregon last time they played. And that was right. only, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, but I think that Oregon – I mean, Oregon's got two weeks. They've, they've seen what you got, Utah can do at home. Oregon's got had two weeks to prepare for this game. I think this is going to be a much closer game. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. No, I agree with you. I definitely think it'll be a lot closer than what it was. But we'll see how that goes. But let's move on to what I think will probably be the second big or biggest game that will matter the most. Well, I guess you count the SEC as the biggest game. Second biggest game, the Big Ten Championship. If Michigan wins, they're going to the playoffs. If they lose, they're out of it. They're facing Iowa. Art, I know that's your favorite team, so talk about them. So I, uh, as much as I hate Michigan, I was very impressed with them. I think what's going to be the difference maker in this one is if Iowa's offense can show up at all, they haven't really been able to put up big numbers against hardly anyone, but their defense is still pretty solid. Um, I just, I don't necessarily see a way that Michigan gets stopped in this game. I've been less and less impressed with Iowa as the season uh, has played out after they dropped from their third or fourth ranking. But both teams are good. I think you're right. If Michigan wins, they're in. If Michigan loses, they're out. And then we see what happens in the rest of the games. Unfortunately, I feel like that's the way that it is for a lot of teams outside of maybe Georgia. I, I think if Georgia loses, they're still in. If everybody, If anyone else loses one of these championship games, I think that they're out. Well, yeah, because then you've got a team with two losses, and that's that's what I was about to say. Is you you know do you just blanket veto every two loss team from the CFP? Not necessarily. Uh, I, I I could see a world where Baylor maybe makes a case. I could see a world where yeah, I mean it's it's t- it's tough, right? You maybe have a couple two loss teams. It's going to really play out to see how the college football playoff rankings are uh, tomorrow when the rankings actually get released on Tuesday. So it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where they rank certain teams because if we have two losses or they're bad losses, that changes everything. Yep, so that's going to be a good one. I can't wait for this weekend. So all that It all comes down to this weekend of who gets in. I think it, just as a closing for, for the championships, I think that like the pure chaos story has already taken place with Oklahoma not being in, Ohio State not being in, and Oregon more than likely. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll just say it. Oregon not being in. The playoffs. And Clemson going into the season? Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. I knew I was forgetting somebody. Thank you, Ray. Mm-hmm. 
I think that the like the the perfect storm has already started, but real chaos is going like the 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 cherry on top, the icing on the cake is going to be if Iowa beats Michigan. Yeah, yeah, that'll that'll yeah. cause that'll cause some stirrups. Yeah, because then you're you're looking at who's fighting for that four spot. Does Alabama have a chance, et cetera? This is all assuming that Alabama is going to lose the SEC championship, which I mean. I'm not going to speak it into existence. I, you know, I just I think you all know where I stand on Alabama. But like, you know, does Oklahoma State make it for sure? Does Baylor make it if they win, et cetera? Like, all, all I, I don't know. I think it's going to be cool. Like, we there are a couple of games here that it could really depend. Like, I don't know. What about Utah? What if Utah wins and all of the other you know one loss teams losing the championship? I don't. I don't think they would let a three loss team in. Yeah, they would. You have that many one loss and two loss Alabama. Yeah, no, they, yeah, the CFPs, yeah, they're way too biased. That's a good point. It would also be a two loss Bama versus a three loss Utah. That's not even biased. That's just, <laughs> yeah. Right, like, right. And, they're, and uh, Oregon's best and only really, really good win is against Ohio State, who has it's lost to a Michigan, Michigan team. Because I feel like if Michigan, even if Michigan lost, I still think they would get in over Ohio State. And I think Michigan and Ohio State would get in over Utah. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm just throwing out ideas here. Yep. But um, before we wrap up college football, let's talk about the upsets and just. So, Artie and I went three and eight in the upsets. Will and Rhett, they were tied with four and seven. So, Rhett and Will, I want y'all to make a make an upset bet for the championship games to see who's gonna win the upset bets. No. Yeah, let's do it. Well, I'll give you first pick. So you can choose whatever teams you want. I won't take no, the No, no, one. no, no. I'm not doing a bet. It's not Hold a on. bet. It's just whoever gets it. It's bragging rights, Will. Yeah, it's oh, bragging I rights. Thought you were, I thought you guys had discussed this and were popping this on me. Like, you had no. signed me up for this. I was no, like, fuck no. no. <laughs> oh, my God. no I literally just rights. thought of it just now. I thought it would be cool to have, see if any if y'all would tie for, tie total for the winner or okay, okay, if okay. one of y'all can win. I'm trying to scroll to see who's got other upsets. Or do you let me ask you this, Zach. Do you want just me and Rhett to pick? It's yeah. just me and you. It's will. just you two. And it's, oh, shit. Okay. All right. This yeah, me, me and Artie are out of it. Can you okay. say it has to be a Power Five or the Cincinnati one? So it has yeah, to be Yeah, it has to be one of our upcoming games we have listed. What? Okay. What, the Big 12, the SEC, the AC, Big 10, ACC, or Pac 12. I can get you the odds for all of them real quick. I'm looking. I'm looking. Red, okay. this, these all suck. <laughs> I already know which one these I'm choosing. are all miserable. I already know which one I'm choosing if you don't choose it. I, I'm taking Wake Forest over Pitt. Yes, that's it. That was yeah. a good one to get. Well, yeah, I'm surprised I just, I, you didn't say that first because you're a Wake no, Forest fan right now. I, I, yeah, I forgot about that. I was literally scrolling through Bleach Report trying to find the ACC championship because I forgot who was playing in it. Um, okay. No, I, I it, Red, this is fitting. This this is what it comes. I mean, it's just this is this is my this is my canon. This is my this is my hero arc, Rhett, right Will, here. Will does deserve it because he's been talking about Wake Forest all year. I yeah, have been I talking know. about Wake literally all year, Rhett. I'm taking Wake Forest over Pittsburgh, and that's that's my upset for this week. It it just this lines up perfectly for me to to get to this moment and have Wake Forest win me the upsets of the season. Okay, well, I have to go with my second pick then. Oregon over Utah. Oh, I don't like that. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't like any of the other ones. Would you rather me Bama over UGA or Iowa over Michigan? 
Uh, I yeah, no, I totally get that. Oh man, and you know what, Rhett? I think that both of these are like very possible. Rhett, that was going to be my pick. Was possible. the Oregon the Oregon o- o- over Utah? Yeah. So Damn. I'm with you on that one. I do one. think Wake is the better pick statistically. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, because they're the underdog, but they're playing at home. But all right. it's 17 yeah. versus 18. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if um you can one of y'all will win or one of y'all or if y'all will tie next week. But just thought it would be a fun little game for the upsets. But anyways, that does it for college football. We got championship week next week. So. Let's get it on to NFL. Will, take it. A whole bunch of NFL news. We've got injuries left and right. People's fantasy teams are destroyed. Honestly, honestly we're just going to try and break this down. We had a great Thanksgiving slate of games. The Cowboys and the Raiders going to overtime. We had the Lions almost getting their first win against the Bears. And we had the Bills taking it to the Saints, showing signs of life, showing us that they're not out of the running for um, playoffs just yet. So, Let's just break down the injuries first. We got Christian McCaffrey. He's out for a year with an ankle injury. Brett, I know you're devastated. I know you got him on your fantasy team. I'll let you take this over and lead into it with, you know, the, after this we've got, I don't even know how, how to touch on the other injuries with Dalvin Cook and then people heading back to the Corona list. So you've got the first couple of, uh, of talking points here. But, yeah, start us off with CMC. Okay, you mentioned my fantasy team, so I just want to mention this. Without CMC, I'm still projected the most in the league, and I'm still in first. Suck it. Anyways, Christian McCaffrey is now on the IR for the second time this year. This one for an ankle, meaning he's done for the season. Um, He's been kind of injury-prone the last two years. Really good when he's there, but just very injury-prone. So this essentially ends the the Panthers' hope to make the playoffs. Um, Yeah, and then Dalvin Cook, while dislocating his shoulder, tore his labrum. It actually just came out he's only out two weeks with a torn labrum and a dislocated shoulder. So not as bad as any of us initially thought. I'll let you hop back in because I don't know much yeah, about you. So, I mean, that's pretty good, like all things considered. And, you know, props to you and your fantasy team. Um, I don't want to talk about mine. I think maybe my two teams combined, I might have as many wins as you or at least like all, all, like half as many. But Dalvin Cook being out for just a couple of weeks, that's – that's like the best case scenario. What's the Vikings record right now? Because I think that that gives you a chance to still make it to the playoffs. If, if Vikings to... are five and six. Okay, yeah. So if you can survive without them, you've got the you've got the Lions this week, and then you've got the Steelers next week. Both of those teams have not been playing well. If the Vikings can survive, like they might be able to make a run when when Cook gets back. But uh, those injuries are going to hurt their teams. That's for sure. You know, we've seen how the Panthers have struggled. They've brought Cam in. Cam's been doing fine, uh, you know, kind of back and forth. But both of those teams are going to struggle. Now we got to move on. To be- so the Cowboys head coach, Mike McCarthy, he's out of the Thursday night game. He's tested positive for co- for COVID. TJ Watt has been put on the COVID list as well. Um, just a, a, people left and right, it's either they are vaccinated and they're not taking the necessary precautions or they're not vaccinated and exposing themselves. They're, you know, they're, they're, shooting themselves in the foot and doing a disservice to their team because they basically are getting put on a, it's not even an injury reserve list, but it's a temporary suspension list or like a temporary quarantine list. And they're taking themselves out of the equation, taking themselves off the table. Like their team doesn't have that, that extra asset. I mean, <clears throat> so TJ Watt's a good defender and then the Cowboys don't have their head coach. Well, you know, that hurts both teams. You've got TJ Watt playing for the Steelers, if I'm correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 
the Steelers are about, you know, the Steelers just got it, them, got it handed to them against the Bengals. Well, next week, the Steelers are going up against the Ravens. So they're, they're going to need every, everything they can get. Yeah, we saw Lamari through, what, four interceptions this past weekend? But I, I still think that Lamar got shooken up, and he's not going to play like that against the Steelers. And, the, you know, I think that, that T.J. Watt not being there is a big blow. I think that Mike McCarthy not being with the Cowboys is a big blow to them in, in Thursday night. But we'll see. Honestly, it might be early in the season to start thinking about this, but I think the Steelers should tank to draft a quarterback because yeah. Big Ben is done. Oh, I'll yeah. We can, let's pivot yeah. right into that take because Big Ben losing to the Bengals 41-10, to 10, my God. I mean, we know the Bengals are good. I mean, they have Joe Burrow. But I, I did not think the Steelers would be this bad. They tied the Lions, and they just haven't shown up. I mean, they're still 5-5-1. Five, five and one. They're not completely out of it if something changes. But you're right, and I don't think – I think unless they get the Dwayne Haskins that was drafted in the first round by Washington – or Mason Rudolph decides he wants to actually play football, I don't think they have an answer at quarterback, even if Big Ben goes down or decides to leave. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think they may not need to tank, because I don't think your top 10 picks would be a quarterback anyways, um, just looking at the draft prospects. But I do think that they'd be in a good position to get that first or second quarterback off the board. And even if they are, they're not ready to play right away, I think that's something that you'd have – Maybe one of these guys who's played a little bit more play a couple games until they're ready, uh, or you know, find a solution, trade somebody away. You've got two guys that you could trade for something. I don't know. They've got a couple good skill position players that they could trade. We'll just see what happens. I just don't think that they're in a very good spot. They're obviously at the best third place in that division. So, mm-hmm. I think on the offensive side. Najee Harris out this week he didn't do good but I think he is great and I think Deontay Johnson is good so they have two people that they can draft a quarterback have him sit a year while he learns like they have people that can help him out but Big Ben is done I swear every time I watch a Steelers game Big Ben has a throw where like the ball slips out of his hand and just goes straight into the ground and I, I don't think I've ever seen any other quarterback do this and like no one around him the ball just like slips out of his hand and falls to the ground it's Big Ben needs to be done. Yeah, his best years are behind him. Um, Artie, props to you and your team and your boy. Oh, Artie, God. we are we're gonna we're, we let you talk about the good. Now it's time to talk about the bad. You know, you and Zach, go ahead and hash this one out. You know what I'm talking about? Good, no, good Zach, game, Artie. No, Zach, that's that's all you, man. The Rams have been the team that I was betting on all season. I can't it, – it's really hard for me. I still think that they've got all the pieces. I just think they got to figure something out. Losing by, you know, basically one possession to the Packers isn't the worst thing in the world. But they've got too many weapons. they they got to be able to put something together. Uh, these three losses have been pretty ugly. Yeah, that's uh, – we, we put the seal on the Rams. They didn't get a single win in November because – you know, Packers are the best team in the NFL. They're going eh. all the way. Eh. Honestly, honestly, no. Eh. No. The the Broncos and the Falcons might be tied for the best team, but the Packers and the Rams most certainly are not. When some when when someone when some team proves that they can destroy the Packers, then the I'll, Saints. I'll do the, the same. Saints. 
<laughs> yeah, the Saints. You put up three points. Yeah, um, who was that quarterback that game? That's still the Packers. It doesn't matter about who's that quarterback. It's oh, yes, you're talking it about the Packers. No, if you're talking about the Packers, you're talking about the Packers. You had Aaron Rodgers at quarterback throwing for 133. He went 15 for 28. He against, threw two interceptions. Against who? The Saints. In game one. But he was your quarterback. Yeah, but, okay. That, Sorry, that, I, thought, you, I was thinking when Jordan Love was no, quarterback. Jordan Love, for Jordan, no, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers did so poorly, and they were down by so much, that they did also put in Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers went 15 for 28 with 133. Jordan Love went 5 for 7 for 68 yards. You're right, but what happened after that game? You lost. Uh, you had no. a really bad press conference where you had to explain how you lost that bad? <laughs> yeah. You don't get to say, oh, well, when a team blows blows this out, but a team did blow you out. That's how you started your season. Okay, and it's the start of the season. It's just like with Ohio State and Oregon. Oregon beat Ohio State, and look what Ohio State did. They made it all the way to the end of the year. And then lost Michigan. Yeah, and then literally amounted to nothing because they lost their season. They're going to play at a New Year's Six Bowl. <laughs> Okay, Zach, you're not going to win this one. I will agree with you that the Packers are a top five. I would put them as a top, top three. Top three team in the NFL right now. All right, yes. I will take it. But anyways, it was a great... Cardinals, Patriots, and then probably Packers. Wait, did you just say... Did you just say the Cardinals are the best team in football? <laughs> yeah, the Cardinals are the, the Cardinals right now are the best team in football. Whenever already, if you jinx my team, I swear I will drive to you and fight you. <laughs> I was literally, I was literally thinking that. I was like, wait, I think, that, I think that he's doing this on purpose. <laughs> That's not on purpose. I believe in you. He's lying. He's lying. Don't let him know, right? He's lying to you. I wouldn't lie. <laughs> he's lying to you. I'm telling you. Um, I wouldn't lie. Okay. Well, let's keep moving on. We got, um, I mean, we got the Bills beating the Saints. So, you know, you see the difference there just with, like, the weekly matchups. I mean, we see one of Zach's teams losing the Saints by a whole lot. We see one of Zach's teams beating the Saints by a whole lot. And then we see, uh, you know. Two of Zach's teams. Falcons beat the Saints, too. Uh, we forget that Zach has 50 teams in the NFL. Yeah, I know that's Zach, more please, teams that are there. Please, but it's God. Yeah. yeah. I think there's 32 that. teams, and Zach likes 31 of them. I have yeah. three and a half, and I've already explained it. Okay, Zach, just, so refuses, Zach just refuses to love Cam Newton, and I'm never going to forgive him for it. It's okay. Yeah, he got benched this weekend, so. That's okay. Aaron Rodgers got benched week one, so it's fine. Happens to everybody. <laughs> anyways. All right. It, anyways, moving forward with it. Um, yeah, we've got a lot of like, – we just had some great news fall around. Like like Zach said, the Falcons got their first win. We had the Broncos show up against the Chargers. You know, I trust Teddy B doing his thing. Love to hear that. But we're going to move forward because we've got some big matchups this week, fellas, and we're going right into rapid fire. Week 13, no messing around. You know the deal. Let's do this. Wait, hold Thursday on. Thursday night. The Ravens, I don't think that they are the number one team in the AFC, even though they did get the spot last night. They do not show that they are good. No, but they are currently ranked number one. So I know the they're ranked ended, number one. Do you, want to, do you want to talk about that real quick? If the season ended today, they're the one with the bye. True. That's all that that means. But do you want to talk about that real quick, Zach? The way they just play, they just don't play to the as a number one AFC team. They, they, barely, play, they play like the team that they're playing against, unfortunately. Yeah, and they barely beat these teams that they're playing against. But yeah. they do but beat them, so they're getting the wins. That's that's the one thing I will always admire about Lamar is he's playing at a hundred percent the whole time. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. But 
I think I honestly think more than anything, the Browns lost that game last night. I don't I, compared to the Ravens actually winning it because I I don't see a world where you throw four interceptions and still win unless the team that you're playing gives the game to you. Hey, well, they were. I mean, Lamar Lamar Jackson, great guy. You know, he I mean, you could tell he's really humble. Like he's working hard. Obviously, he's in the NFL. He's worked hard to get where he's at. But he took it firsthand. And admitted after the game, he's like, yeah, team, that's on me. <laughs> so Lamar Jackson even admitted himself that he really tried to throw that game away. <laughs> no pun intended. I I don't know <coughs> if the Browns even showed up. I mean, Lamar Jackson threw for 130, or 165. Like, Baker, yeah, Baker did really well. He threw for 247, just couldn't get the ball in the end zone. They could get that close, but they just couldn't convert when it mattered. Thursday night, Cowboys versus the Saints. Give it to me, Artemis. Hey, you know, I got you. I think Dak's going to come out. I think the Saints are on a slump. Dak and the Cowboys all day. I think we got some people coming back. What do you think, Rhett? Yeah, this is an easy Cowboys game. Saints have looked horrible since uh, Winston's gone out. Although, um, Taysom Hill is taking first-team reps at quarterback, so it could be interesting. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, Saints suck. Go Cowboys, Will. Saints don't know who their starting quarterback is. Cowboys don't know who their head coach is. Don't really know who's going to win this game. Love to say Cowboys, so I'll say Cowboys. Sunday, Bucks versus the Falcons. Artie, let's make the case. Let's do it, Artie. You're up first. All right, Tom Brady scores four touchdowns and the Bucks win. What do you think, Brett? <laughs> I think Tom Brady scores five touchdowns and the Bucks win. What do you think, Zach? Tom Brady scores two touchdowns and the Bucks win. Will? Tom Brady scores three touchdowns and the Bucks lose. Chargers versus the Burrow Bengals. Bears beats Barnes, Battlestar Galactica. Take it away, Artemis. You got mine and your takes. Hey, I got it all. Joe Burrow taking it to the house. I think he's going to score another rushing touchdown. What do you think, Rhett? Uh, two really good teams going against each other. A lot of young players. Should be interesting. Uh, Bengals win. What do you think, Zach? Chargers looked terrible last week. Bengals are on the rise. They are looking amazing. I got the Bengals winning. Will, who you got? Already did my take for me. Bengals going to win this football game. I fully believe that. Let's move on now. Cardinals versus the Bears. Dang, this one's kind of split. It's like the the real HHS versus the fake HHS argument. So, already being from the real HHS, I'll let you go ahead with this one. Since we're talking about the real HHS, do we know if Justin's going to be back? I don't think so. Okay, then I'm going to go Cardinals. Cardinals all the way. I think they got too many weapons, especially if D-Hop and Murray are going to be back. What do you think, Rhett? Yeah, it wouldn't matter if Justin Fields or Justin Fields was back. He would be bullied by J.J. Watt. Um, Actually, I think he's out for the season. Cardinals win. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, Cardinals are going to destroy the Bears. Will, who you got? I got the Cardinals as well. Uh, if the Bears were back, I'd like to say that Justin Fields could do it, but no, I got the Cardinals. Oh, now we move on to what I hope is the funnest game of the weekend. Vikings versus the Lions. Artie, is this the week? No, I was saying this before uh, before we started recording. I think the Vikings are the best 5-6 and six team. They're the best team that's not that doesn't have a winning record. I, I, that, you know, we've seen them beat the Packers, and that was a fantastic game. I don't think the Lions have a chance here. What do you think, Rhett? So the only other 5-6 and six teams are the Falcons and the Saints. Just throwing it out there. Uh, Vikings win this game easy, no questions. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, Lion, Lions suck. 
every week I think they're going to get their win, but they fail me every time. Vikings got this. Will, who you got? In the words of Smash Mouth from Shrek, I'm a believer. This is the Lions' best opportunity. Vikings do not have Dalvin Cook. This It, it has to happen. It's at, it's at home. It's in Detroit. Perfect storm. Lions take it. I, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Will came home for Thanksgiving and stole my Kool-Aid? I, Giants yeah. versus the yeah. Dolphins. Shut up, all of you. We're going to see now. Saquon, are you truly back? Artie, what do you think? I honestly think the Dolphins have it. I think the connection between Tua and Jalen Waddle is back. Uh, I think their run game's actually starting to go with Gaskin. I think they've got a good tight end there. Uh, I, I really think that the Dolphins have been showing up. They had a better defense in the last couple of games. Uh, they made Cam look silly. So I think the Dolphins have this one. I don't think the Giants are there. What do you think, Rhett? Yeah, I think the Dolphins win this. I think Saquon has not – after an injury, it's hard to come back and do really well. Last game, he did nothing. They won the game, but he didn't do much. Um, Dolphins win this one. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, Giants just fired their um, their first – or their offensive coordinator anyways. I definitely think Dolphins have this. Dolphins are looking much better. Will? I, I'd like to believe that Saquon Barkley can do it. But I, I'm not that confident. <clears throat> I think that Jalen Waddle and Tua are are starting to show some some premise of a um, some promise of a good football team. I think the Dolphins should be in that same five and six category or that discussion. But since they played one more game, I think that they're the best five and seven team right now. So I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Now to the second best Eagles five and, or excuse me the second best five and seven team with the Eagles. Versus the sickest team in the league, the one and only New York Jets. Artie, take it away. So Zach Wilson is back to throwing interceptions to the other team. Oh, uh, damn. So unfortunately, the Jets are slightly less sick as they were have been. If the Eagles show up like they had been prior to this past week, Eagles win. If the Eagles play like they did against the Giants, the Jets actually have a chance. But I'm going to go Eagles. What do you think, Rhett? I'm actually surprised by how like well Jalen Hurts has been doing this year. Like, I don't think I think he's been pretty good. Uh, Eagles win this pretty easy. Jets suck. Uh, what do you think, Zach? Yeah, Jets are bad. Eagles are looking all right. Eagles got it. Will I think that if the Eagles play like the Jets are the Jaguars, they'll be fine. Or if the Eagles play as if they're going up against the Saints again, they'll be fine. But if they play like they're going up against a New York team, they're screwed. Um, Zach Wilson being back is actually a burden for the Jets. It is not a plus. It is a negative. So Artie is right. The Jets are you know, a little less sick. They're a little bit more healthier because Zach Wilson's not injured. And because he's not injured, they can't be that sick. Um, so you see where I'm going with this. He's not injured. They're healthier, so they're less sick. The Jets are not the sickest team that they were, and the Jets – should win this football game still because they're healthier. They're not the sickest team. They're healthier. The Colts now going up against the two and nine Texans. Artie, Colts defense is going to win this football game, and you're going to tell me why. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to win this football game. That has nothing to do with <laughs> Jonathan Taylor is going to win the football game for the Colts. That's how it's been for the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, they barely ended up with this loss this week. Uh, I don't think the Texans are there. They showed up for one game against the Titans. 
but we saw the Titans just get smacked. So I think the Colts got this one easy. What about you, Rhett? Yeah, this is not even a game. The Colts are about to dismantle the Texans. Colts have been doing really well. Jonathan Taylor is showing that he is the best running back in college football this year with others hurt and him just really showing up. Uh, easy game, Colts. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, um, I definitely think the Colts are going to win. The reason they lost against the Bucks is because Carson Wentz threw two interceptions, which is kind of embarrassing for him. So I definitely think the Colts will take this one. Will, who you got? The Colts are going to win this football game. Jonathan Taylor might, might do a lot, but the Colts defense is going to do a lot more. Colts win this game easily. Moving on to the Washington football team up against the Vegas Raiders, or at least what remains of that that team and everything it's been through this year. Already, football team's going to take it to them, and you're going to tell me why. Uh, the Raiders win this game. I don't, think that, I don't think Washington's very good. I'm sorry. I don't like Taylor Heineke. I think they have a decent running game. They have Scary Terry. I think the offense is fine. I just, without Chase Young, I think with Derek Carr still being able to put the ball in the right spot most of the time, they're still able to have a, they still have a solid defense. I think that the Raiders win. That's it. Well, how about you, Rhett? I think Washington football team needs to come up with a mascot already. I also think they win this game. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, Raiders Raiders got this one. They just beat the Cowboys last week. They got some momentum under them. Washington football team just they don't they don't look good still. They're an okay four and six team. Raiders got this. Will, what's your outcome? On that same contrast, the Raiders are an okay six and five team. I say the football team takes it to them. Football team wins this game. Oh, and now we have the best team in the league versus the worst team in the league. Artie, take it away and tell me why the Jaguars are the best team in the league going up against your Rams. I think that the Rams, this will be their their game to prove themselves uh, that they can beat a bad team. The Jaguars aren't there. If they can, if they lost to the Falcons, they're just we know they're not good. The, this is the this is the game that the Rams start Rams start to get more in sync. I actually think they play decently well against the Packers. I wasn't super surprised by that outcome. I think they're trending more in the right direction after the after that bye week two weeks ago. So we'll see the Rams win this game. What do you think, Rhett? I think Matthew Stafford is washed. I think he's throwing more touchdowns to other teams more recently than his own team. Uh, I think Jaguars win this game. What do you think, Zach? I would love to see the Jags beat the Rams, but I still think the Rams are pretty good top 10. They, I mean, they lost by one possession to the best team in the league, so... They're at least pretty good. I got the Rams winning. Will, who you got? I'm going with Rhett. I'm rooting for chaos. <laughs> Rhett, I'm sorry. You're not you're not crazy by yourself this week. <laughs> if we're doing this, we're doing this together. The Jaguars will win this football game. Hey, now when we and Will to... choose stuff together, we win. Yeah, no, exactly. He's gross. Just like Oregon. <laughs> now we're going to the Ravens versus the Steelers. Already take it away. I think the Ravens got this one. I think this is another win for them to solidify that top spot. The Steelers are on that downturn. What do you think, Rhett? I think the Ravens win this one pretty easily. I think Big Ben is quite possibly the worst quarterback in the NFL right now. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, Big Ben is on the downfall. He's retiring this year. Ravens have this easily. Will? I think that Lamar's going to learn from his mistakes, throwing four interceptions against the Browns, and they're going to be the Steelers single-handedly, like I said. 
when we were discussing the NFL just, uh, you know, it's not too long ago. Now moving on to the 49ers versus the tanking Seahawks. And my God, I've, I, I haven't seen a team tank this hard in a while without it being on purpose. So 49ers, 6-5 and five right now, going up against the Seahawks. Pretty, what do I you think have? The, the biggest question mark for the 49ers is can Brandon Ayuk take over Debo Samuel's role as the primary pass catcher? Um, they do have Kittle back, so that's going to be a big help. Uh, and they, do, they still have that run game. But I think that's going to be the one question mark for the 49ers. The Seahawks, like you just said, they're tanking. And I, I thought when Marshall Wilson would got back that they'd be in better hands, but they still haven't won a game with him. They haven't hardly won with him or without him. So I think the 49ers still have this one handily. That defense is pretty solid. What do you think, Rhett? Completely agree. I think it all depends on if I can step up in the passing game. Debo's out for a while. Um, but that being said, this is still an easy game. Seahawks are horrible this year. I don't know how with their roster, but they're horrible. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, ha- how are the Seahawks so bad with Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, Russell Wilson? 49ers got the win. Well, I agree with what Ari said. Um, just depends on if Brandon Ayuk can step up with Debo Samuel out. But George Kittle coming back is great. 49ers should win this football game. So now we're going to go on to my most anticipated matchup of the week. We've got the Broncos going against the Chiefs. If I believe it, if I believe and trust in anything, I trust in Teddy B. And I know Artie does too. And I know Artie's going to tell you why. Oh, I trust in Teddy B all the way. I think that Broncos D is all there, and I think Teddy B's got the weapons that he needs. What do you think, Rhett? I think y'all are clinically insane. I think the Chiefs... We just hit the Jaguars! I think the Chiefs embarrass y'all. I think this is not going to be a good game. Uh, Chiefs have really started to show up recently. Broncos... Uh... Yeah, I don't trust Teddy B at all. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, Chiefs easily have this. Well, I know you got Broncos, but I might as well try and ask and convince you the other team. Dude, this isn't even half of the league that you support, Zach. No doubt about it in my mind. Broncos win this football game. And that will take us right into Monday Night Football. We've got the Pats against the Bills. We've got Ziggy's team versus Ziggy's team. I don't know which team is, is which on his list, but this is like... Numbers one and two, or maybe seven and eight. I've lost track at this point. And anyways, the LaFontaines are going to be split down the middle on the couch for Monday night. So, Artie, which side are you sitting with? I'm sitting with the Patriots. I think they are red hot. Mac Jones is showing that he can actually put the ball in the right spots. He's a perfect fit for that offense. Their defense is playing solid. And honestly, I don't care what anybody says. I'm agreeing with some of the analysts. And I think this is the best season that Bill Belichick has coached. I think he's turned a team that was super struggling last year into definitely a winning team. We're seeing some makings of maybe another dynasty. Patriots all the way. I think the Bills are not there anymore. What do you think, Rhett? I actually agree with you. I think Mac Jones might be the most athletic quarterback in the league. I mean, just look at his body. It's pretty obvious. But uh, Bill Belichick has done a hell of a job this season. Not, I mean... Before the season, if you looked at this team on paper, you would have said they're a 6-6 six and six team at best. They don't make the playoffs. He's coaching out of his mind. Everyone's showing up. But he's playing to Mac Jones's, like, he's built the offense around Mac Jones. And it works. Um, Patriots win. What do you think, Zach? I don't give two craps about the Patriots. My dad disowned them after 2017. It's just his side of the family who likes the Patriots. 
I like the Bills because Allie made me a Bills fan. So, I don't support every team, Will. Uh, well, you're not making a good case for that argument. But, I got... Uh, this is a tough one. Patriots are looking really good. Bills have the skill to win. They just have to bring it to the field. They have the skill, but do they have the will? Monday night game, it's in Buffalo. Bills have to get this win. They have it. Will, who you got? Bills, skills, but no will. I'm going with Mac Jones and his athleticism. Patriots are going to win this game in Foxborough, except that I'm pretty sure it's in Buffalo. Anyways, Patriots win, and that will wrap up rapid fire. Woohoo! But that does it for episode 15. Got a good slate of games. Championship weekend for college football. Ready ready to see when uh, Freddie Freddy signs his contract. Anyways, y'all have a good weekend. See y'all. Go Braves! Hey, guys. Zach's what? cousin's ex-girlfriend drove by the Patriots Stadium one time. He said he's a Patriots fan. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. <laughs>